This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are live uh, in front of the team store. We are here for Summer League. Look at that suit. That's a good-looking suit right there. How about that? <laughs> Woo! All right. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, of course, come by and see us. Summer League tonight. Joining us now in person, sitting here to my left, the one and only Craig Bowler, Jack. What's oh, up, Bowler? Good to see you both. Good to see you, in buddy. In person, mind you. And it's good to be in this building, and I'm excited to do some summer league on the floor tonight. Before you do that, Bowler, will you settle an argument between Jake and oh, me? Geez. Oh, boy. I, I say that Gladiator was a great movie, and Russell Crowe's acting was great in that uh, role. He says it The movie was, was fine, but the Russell Crowe, I mean, nothing to write home about. Now, Joaquin Phoenix, on the other hand, was terrific. Bowler, will you help me out here? <laughs> Thumbs down. No, that was Joaquin up there, you know, on the on his on his throne, you know. Thumbs down. Do you know that real in real life, the thumbs the thumbs up was the one that got him killed, and thumbs down was the one that really. That's that's what got. How did it get lost in translation? Then, or am I just lost? I I just read that somewhere. I thought thumbs down means like off with their head. Yeah, I I've read somewhere what was the other way around, but I could. You know what? It, It was a good movie. I tell you one that surprised me. I thought Troy, Troy, uh, the uh, movie Troy with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, yeah, he was good. I thought that was pretty good. Better than I expected. Huh. Well, Megan's over here bobbing her head up and down. I wonder why she loved that movie. Uh, a guy named Pitt. Yeah, it could be. Maybe. Uh, who was the other guy? Uh, Legolas was in that movie too. What's his name? Who? Uh, uh, the guy who's with Katy Perry now. I don't know. Orlando Bloom. Oh, Orlando. See, I'm so glad Megan's here. She's so helpful on the Golly, pop culture stuff. Obviously, we're a just, movie you know, aficionado. We're just over here drowning. <laughs> what do you think of 300? <laughs> Very bloody. You didn't see 300? Yes, it is bloody. 300. Gerard good. Butler was really good in that. I mean, yeah. All right. Leonidas. I think they charcoaled or drew on those eight yeah, packs. They did. I think they did. Uh, anywho, <laughs> should we talk some? That's what I told my wife. Should anyway. we talk some uh, basketball? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, let's start here, Bowler. You know what I, I'm stoked about Summer League? Same reason I was excited to go to the Pac-12 Media Day last week. And uh, it's, it's, it's normal. This is what yeah. we do. This is yeah. what we do in the NBA offseason. We're here. We're watching basketball. And it, it, feels, good to, it feels good to be sitting next to you. you it know? feels great. And it feels good to be here. I know there's still some restrictions. I've got to have a red dot on my credential. But we're actually going to call. I haven't been on the floor um, at any arena since Oklahoma City. Wow. So to be back calling uh, these next three days uh, with Thursday off with Big T, I, I'm, I can't wait. You know, you and I were talking before we came on the air. It's, you know, with teams you really are not that familiar with, except a few names, and the Jazz have two teams, white and blue, uh, it kind of feels a little NCAA tournament-like just because you're inhaling as much information as you can about players that you're not that familiar with. You saw them maybe in college a little bit. But, you know, there's also a lot of players that have been overseas. You forgot about them. And a couple of players hit my mind like, oh, they're still around? And there's, there's you know, 
26 years old, still still trying to chase the dream to be an NBA player. They may have been here once, and it didn't work, and they left, and then they hope to get their, you know, they grow their game and another opportunity to find a, a roster in the NBA. So, Bowler, obviously some people are disappointed that uh, Jared Butler won't be participating because of procedural issues, right? But who is there? Who on this on this that will be on the floor for either of the Jazz teams? Are you most curious about that? Who is it that you think maybe this guy can help the team? Well, with Derek Favors, um, and again, all these reports. I have to say this because I'm a Jazz employee. You know, everything is still in flux, right? Um, you know, Mike and 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 Rudy Gay. Those are all reported. Uh, to be going down. But, you know, if everything stands as status quo, for me, uh, the D-Faves move would indicate that uh, Azubuki has an incredible opportunity to show really what he's all about. And, you know, the injury last year uh, in the bubble, you know, really sideline. that's bad. That was a bad injury. In fact, you know, when you first see it, you almost think, you know, he broke it. But uh, the ankle, but... I think for Doak, this is a big a big uh, couple of weeks, not only here in Salt Lake but down in Las Vegas to show, you know, what a seven-footer can do and can he earn backup minutes behind Gobert. He's a different kind of player than Rudy, more powerful, more to the, you know, where he can post up and probably muscle in a little bit more but still good feet, runs the floor. I'm anxious to see what he's all about. He, he jumps out at me first and foremost. And then secondly, I think Jarrell Brantley intrigues me too. He's a big, powerful guy. Uh, he's been in the, the system now two years. Uh, they're looking for him to be kind of a to, – to, to take it to that next level as well. And, you know, I've seen him play in regular season games. It's mop-up minutes mostly. So it's hard to really get a grip on any of these guys. They brought back on the – White team, there's two teams, blue and white, but Forrest and Hughes, Azabuki, Jarrell Brantley, and Juwan Morgan. Those five Jazz fans know quite a bit about. And I think really uh, with the way the salary cap has been stated and the money the Jazz are reported reportedly putting out this season, those five players, again, are important. Will they keep them all? No. Uh, will some be reassigned to the D-League? Most likely, but maybe one or two maybe shakes off the two-way deal and maybe they actually become roster players. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I think it's interesting. Gordon and I mentioned Brantley, too. I, I'm excited to see him play because I do think that that potential is there and, and he needs those minutes. But, Bowler, we've seen it over the years a bunch. You know, guys play their way onto the roster and then play their way up. I mean, we can list guys on the roster now. Joe Ingles, uh, Royce O'Neal, George Niang. I mean, those three started out as summer league-type guys who were trying to battle for a spot, and then they keep improving and, and getting better. And I realize they so, signed Joe after summer league, but I think everybody kind of gets what we're getting at. And Brantley's the type of dude who I, I think the defense is there. The attitude is there. Can he round out the skills and make enough shots? Then all of a sudden he can become that next Royce O'Neal who all of a sudden starts stacking up the minutes because the coaches have confidence in him. You know, I'll share you a couple of lines that I'll use in the broadcast tonight, but uh, Brian Bailey uh, is going to run, be the head coach of the white team. And we had a long talk with him uh, yesterday and quote on Brantley, Gordon and, and, 
and Jake, this is a, a great compliment. One of the most versatile jazz players. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I that's a that's quite a compliment for a kid out of the College of Charleston. And then Brantley responds by saying, as to us, he himself is his biggest critic. So he knows his highs and lows, uh, and he definitely is focused to 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 be a difference maker. You know, there's open roster spots, and there's a couple guys here that the Jazz hope uh, can prove that they can play at this level. I think we both agree with you on Brantley. I do. Uh, Jake's a little more into uh, Azabuki than I am, but uh, I, Brantley seems like a guy, and we've had him on the show, that has the right attitude to make the jump or at least to edge in, in the right direction. I love these stories around the NBA of guys who are like second-round picks or free agents who find their way into a useful role. I love that stuff because what does it do? It, 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 it makes you believe that there's hope out there, not just somebody who's been great from the day they were born, but somebody who works his butt off to get there. Quick, quick addendum to that. Duncan Robinson just signed the biggest yeah. deal for an undrafted player wow. ever this offseason. So, wasn't it 50-some million? I'd have to go back and double-check, but a nice, nice payday. To, yeah, to your yeah. point guys i mean if you work hard work still will earn yourself a dream i mean situations have to happen but if you work i think jerry uh, jerry sloan always said uh the late great jerry sloan you know he just wants you to work and sometimes young adults forget how to work it's not given to you not at this level and you have to work to achieve that next level and that's everyone we're talking about here from uh, you know, Daquan Jeffries with the San Antonio Spurs, and I'm just going through some of my boards. Even even Desmond Bain, who's a second-round pick, is here and who was an impact player for the Grizzlies last season and also made his name known during the playoffs with Utah. He's here. Sean McDermott. I mean, there's, there's just a, a, a plethora of names that you'll probably remember when we start, you know, into this next uh, – all this week of, of basketball before they head to Las Vegas, but – the stories you guys were talking about boxing coming in great storylines gordon as you mentioned because of where they've been where they're going and how they got there same same thing with a lot of these players who maybe grew up without a father or a mother but also basketball was the out and here they are with a chance to live the dream some walk away disappointed but at least they know they've been given a shot and that's that's what summer league's about trying to find you know, it's overused, but it's it's the diamond in the rough. I think, you know, Royce O'Neal is one of those players. I mean, look at the payday he, he earned a year ago. But there's players that are overlooked, even like Butler. I mean, he goes from a lottery pick most likely to a 40th selection by the Jazz. It may be a steal. There were concerns. He knew about his heart condition in college, but a lot of guys probably backed off. The Jazz checked it out. Uh, with the league, with three doctors, and they're satisfied with the report, he could be a steal, and you have to have that luck. I keep thinking of a guy named Malone and a guy named Stockton, middle first-round picks that were overlooked by multiple, multiple teams, and they become Hall of Famers. You never know what the story, how the story will end. Well, Mitchell and Gobert, throw that in yeah, there Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we talked about Malik Monk just signed a vet minimum deal with the Lakers. That was the player that, uh, that Michael Jordan liked more than Donovan Mitchell. And so it's, it's just 
interesting how it plays out. And, and GMs can't be 100% effective, but you've got to hit. And when you hit, you know, you've got to hit, hit it big. out of the bar. It's triple yep. sevens across the slot machine, right? Yep. <laughs> Whether you're playing dollars or pennies uh, on the slots. But when it, when it hits, it, it's, it's the sound of the – it's a great sound of the music, you know. But you're right about Donovan and Gobert. I mean, Denver probably is scratching their heads still to this day about how that all happened. But it's about scouting. But I'm still am a believer it's about the system. If you have the skill set for that particular team, like Joe Ingles had, has for the Jazz, then that's the reason why you stick. And I think right now that's, you know, the Jazz may be looking to, to, to be a little smaller. I think the Jarrell Brantley fits what you guys are saying at 6'7", 240, athlete, get a little rough on the defensive side after what happened with the Clippers in round two. I think they want some options uh, from big and maybe can can play a little more small ball if needed because that's where the league's going. Yep. Every coach I've talked to so far has mentioned exactly the same thing, especially San Antonio, which has always been ahead of development of players, but it's pass, dribble, and shoot. They don't care how big or small you are. That's what they want you to become whether you're 6'5", 6'7", but right now, if you're 6'7", to 6'9", and can handle the ball and shoot the three, you've got a great shot to make it in this league. Especially if you're willing to play some defense along the way. Well, that's that's totally part of it, right? Because then you can guard multiple positions, which is so, so incredibly valuable. I mean, that's... I mean, if there's been a legacy Draymond Green's left in the NBA is that if you can guard one through five, or and even LeBron for that matter, but if you can guard multiple positions, there's a ton of value there. And speaking of these great stories, there's a fellow who's known as the Joker in Denver. Turned out pretty well. What was he, a 40? What was he, 40? He was in the second round. Yeah. Was, was he in the 40s? Pick, yeah. Yeah. No joke, right? I mean, Pun, no pun intended, but <laughs> no, that was a, a great, real Gordon a, move right no, there. Just a great story. <laughs> I want to use that as a drop line. For, <laughs> no joke. But, but, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to see uh, players who are underrated, underrated or under, underappreciated. But I think, again, you guys know that any of us in any business, if you're not thought of highly, it, only, it, it can drive some people away. But I think uh, for an athlete of these le- at this level, it should motivate you. How many great stories have you written about guys who said, nah, no chance? Michael Jordan, by the way, he said it on his, in his Hall of Fame speech that he, you know, he didn't make his high school team as a junior, I think it was. And so he, you know, all that did was either turn a switch and said, no, 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 that's not the way it's going to be. And the rest is history. But I like that. I like to see how young individuals in the Olympics or whether it's in the NFL or in the NBA, how they take someone. One person cannot dictate your career. And I've always told that to people. I mean, at the network level, I got hired by people then who left, and then you have to almost go back and prove yourself, but it's a motivator. And you always fear a little bit that they've got a next guy behind you, and some realities they do. But it also makes you giddy up a little bit. All right, so I want to switch gears from from basketball for a second and talk to you about college football. Well, but one thing very specific because I want to run something by you because you worked for CBS and you did a bunch of SEC games. SEC. So the S the Fox and and ESPN split the Big Twelve, but a 
under-talked about story, ESPN pushed CBS out of oh, yeah. the SEC business. Which I can't believe. I, I'm shocked because that was a, shocked. a total legacy thing, right? It was a rumor when I was there, and I had left and went to Fox, and I started doing Pac-12, Big 12. But I still stayed in touch with a lot of people that I knew in the SEC, and they were all asking me the same question. Do you really think that the guys are going to give this up? And I said, it just can't be. I mean, I, I started – Vern Lundquist and I, we would switch off doing early or late doubleheaders on CBS. It's just the way it was. And if Vern had something else to do, like golf, I would do late. He'd do early so he could catch a plane. It, you know, it didn't matter. But every game had such impact and magnitude, not only in the conference, but college football on a, on a weekly yeah. basis. And I'm just stunned that CBS has backed off that package, which is the, which is the most – it is – it is the, it's the granddaddy of yeah. them all. It's the college football package. It right? is. This is thing to have. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And, and so now Texas and Oklahoma coming over. But this, wow. to me, Bowler, felt like a TV power play as much as it did anything else. It's ESPN saying we want it all under our umbrella and our umbrella only. And then the Big 12 sends a cease and desist letter to ESPN that says you've got to knock it off, stop talking to people because you're trying to sink us. And yeah. I thought I thought I, I I would be curious to see the behind the scenes of the oh. television oh. component of oh. this. Pretty They're, nasty bowler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been privy to a, a little bit in my career, and you just kind of are uh, the next order of business is that, uh, okay, broadcasters, let's take you down to, you know, to the – Room five, and we'll give you the schedule, and we'll talk about what production elements we're going to use. And then some of the heavyweights would stay there in the room and close the door. Uh, I mean, the the money, Jake and Gordon, as, as you both know, is outrageous, and I don't think it's good for college football. Look, I don't think it's good for Oklahoma or Texas. The what I know of the SEC is that they'll be lucky to be middle of the pack. Now. They had chances to be a powerhouse in, the in, well, what was the old Big 8? Believe me, it was at K-State. Oklahoma, Nebraska uh, was what we always talked about, and Texas came over, if I'm not mistaken, from the Southeastern Conference. Right. So Oklahoma, Nebraska ruled. Texas comes in and spoils it for a couple of teams. K-State was trying to make their move a little bit, and they did, but it's going to always be up and down when you have that – those schools you're competing against but think about texas has to do think about what <laughs> i mean oklahoma will have to do up against auburn alabama lsu georgia the list goes on and on but it's all about this boy. but you isn't that a shame money. Yeah. i mean it's not about winning ch- look coaches aren't going to survive long because the alums they don't care because the bottom line is the school may be getting a lot of dough but in reality, the fans in the stands and in the, in, in the parking lots at Auburn and Alabama and Tuscaloosa, those 30,000 folks want one thing. While they party and have some beer and brats, it's about the next, na- the next national championship. I don't see that happening for Texas or Oklahoma. I don't either. Why do you and, think uh, Bama just uh, – what contract did Nick Saban just get from now till Kingdom Come? Yeah, it was right. at, uh, what, $11 million a year or something? Is it ridiculous? And now Florida State and Clemson, the rumors are that they want in. I don't know how much legitimacy there is to that. But but the fascinating part about that is there's been this block in the SEC where they don't want other teams from the same state 
in the SEC, right? They, that uh, that Kentucky doesn't want Louisville, uh, South Carolina doesn't want Clemson. Um, what am I missing? Florida oh, Georgia doesn't, doesn't want, want jo- Florida State. Florida doesn't want Florida State. Uh, Georgia doesn't want Georgia Tech. But all of a sudden, they kind of violated that, right? When they told Texas A&M to stand down and and kind of wedge Texas in there. So now all of a sudden, do those objections to the same state schools, uh, but be put to the side, right? Do you guys, do you guys, because I thought a lot about this. Do the fans care that it's a monopoly and your champion most likely will always come out of the SEC? What happens to the Pac-12, the Big 12, now what, Big 10? I think fans care a lot. I do too. I think rivalries are broken, right, in conference matchups. I mean, BYU had some rivalries in their day before they went independent, and they're always trying to, you know, find a high-level game to give them credibility. I wonder what ESPN is thinking about BYU right now. I mean, is BYU going to make a jump, or are they still going to stand alone outside this this mega of mega conferences? Or does somebody try to draw them back in to make them uh, in the Big Big 12? Or I mean... What a blow to the Midwest, by the way. And television, they will never see the light of day. Maybe on a regional network or on ESPNU or the Ocho. But, I mean, college football will be dominated by the SEC. Well, think about it if it keeps growing, too. I mean, I don't know whether Florida State or Clemson. I just saw that report yesterday. I don't know whether if there's teeth to it or not. But if this Super League keeps growing and growing, we talked about a 16-team league. What if it grows to 20, 25, 26 teams? You do what, then, four then, quadrants or, or yeah, you know, the yeah, interplay that's, that's and then, say. you know, and a then semifinal more, or, I mean. But what you said is right. What happens to what happens to everybody else? What happens to Utah? What happens to BYU? What happens to Utah State? What happens to Kansas State, KU? Uh, you know, it's. I know there's a big piece of pie out there, but most of it's going to be eaten by the SEC. Let's be honest. And the recruiters, now with the fact that you can recruit by saying image, likeness, whatever else. the the Image. image, Name, image, and likeness. Think about that. I I heard they already signed a kid at Ohio State who's 17. Skipping his senior year. Who skipped his senior year. And, and because and, he can be a millionaire by the time he gets becomes a Buckeye, and he could be a, he could be a starting quarterback. By Nick said, his quarterback has never played a down in college football. Is already locked up for like a million dollars or something. What's I know his name is a Bryce Young. Yep, that's his name. Uh-huh. I know you got to go, but I remember well during, doing SEC games, and Nick Saban said this to us in our meeting. He goes, "Look, man, I I know I got a you know stable of running backs, but you got to see the two kids I have over in the." dormitory that are redshirting i mean just a corral a stockpile of talent some get angry and can't handle it and leave because they think or they've been promised they'll see the field but there's always a plan of how how all those players are stacked up and which one drops in and if one gets hurt one one is dropped in they don't miss a beat that's how deep bama georgia lsu auburn that whole that whole conference is but you know jake I'm still stunned that my old my old stomping ground at 13 years at CBS, 13 years in the SEC. I think this is their last year before they hand it all yep. to ESPN. And I'm just stunned that CBS was such a big player in college football has stepped aside. I am, I'm just stunned. It's almost like when uh, when Monday Night Football left ABC, right? Yeah. And uh, or was it no left? 
NBC. Ah, well, well, it was it's ABC a- originally. Then it jumped, right? To, right. Yeah. So when they left ABC, I thought, how could that be? Right, right. Because they mean, helped build the product. I mean, the CBS helped build, build the, the SEC. SEC. Yeah, they what? were as close as this. Yeah, right. And now ESPN, uh, I think CBS, um, their secondary channel may. Randy Cross and I did some uh, Navy games, and there may be some Big Ten games that are available on this on their secondary channel or their streaming channels or whatever. Streaming is going to be it, guys. That's where the money is. That's what they're all expecting to get is that you want to see your team. And if you're not on in the SEC on ESPN 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5, then you're going to have to stream and pay for it. Mm-hmm. How about the mouse? The mouse is muscling everybody out. Change in college football. Uh, Thanks a lot, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, Bowler, you're the best. So excited to be watching the games tonight. Uh, glad you're going to be on the call with yeah. Darrell. It's Big T be and I will be uh, courtside, and I'm so excited to see players up close. First time in two years. I don't know what to do. You know who's doing radio tonight? <laughs> yeah, David James. Our guy, David Sniggledorf And James. little Tim McComb Tim alongside. McComb. Yep. Who we saw rock and roll about a month ago. Tell you what, he did rock, didn't he? Actually, he, I mean, Axel Rose has got nothing on Tim Lacombe. Right. He, he, he sang his voice right out, didn't he? He, he did. Well, yeah. that third set, he was toast. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim's going to be on the call with DJ, and then, of course, uh, Bowler and Thurl uh, on AT&T Sportsnet. So tune in. Thanks, Bowler. Actually, NBA TV and oh, KJazz. Oh, NBA TV and KJazz. NBA TV and KJazz tonight. So local and national. Um, I'm excited to get back at it and uh, just got to calm T down. He feels, I think he feels like, uh, you know, he's back on his rookie year. Paul Buller's going to be, how come I can see everything so clearly? Yeah, what is this? Clear, I'm going to start right singing. I can see clearly now. Uh, NBA TV, that's cool. So you're yeah. going to be all over. Yeah. That's well, a big uh, deal. i got that's a couple awesome. buddies that have got a lot of uh, interest in the Grizzlies down south. So ah. we'll, uh, we'll have a little southern exposure down there tonight, too. So uh, looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for letting me stop by. Thanks, Buller. See ya. All right. We'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the great Craig Bowler, Jack Bowler, for dropping by and hanging out with us. Now, uh, this song, Gordon... Uh, may not be a real great sports radio bumper, but it's a uh, beautiful song. Did you play this one for your your family? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I remember when this song came out, and it was a big hit. But uh, you're right; it's not exactly Energizer Bunny. No, stuff, you're not. Man. You're not like, hey, let's talk some basketball here, and you know. But <laughs> unless you're having a bad off season, then it might be a bridge over trouble right, water. Right. Right. But uh, it is a. a Beautiful song. Uh, Gordon, uh, let's talk a little football uh, because the the college football landscape, there's been a lot of news since you've uh, you've been gone. Pretty interesting that uh, Bob Bowlesby and the president of Texas were called before the Texas state legislature yesterday uh, to to answer some questions. But uh, there are reports out there today, Gordon, 
that uh, the uh, George Klyavkov, the new commissioner of the Pac-12, has met with Bob Bowlesby, or they've had a meeting. I'm sure they didn't meet in person, probably had a telegraph or something. Uh, but uh, to talk about the future of college football, and I'm sure to talk about it, uh, if uh, you know they could team up or, or somehow uh, be to each other's mutual benefit going forward. Probably a smart thing for Klyavkov to keep the lines clear and conversations <laughs> open. But I, I don't think partnering with what's left of the Big 12 is is going to happen for the Pac-12 or would be the smart move. Well, I think, look, you got to explore every possibility because it's, you know, I mean, it, it seems to me that the people who are being sort of ahead of the game are the, the forward thinkers, you know. If, you, if you're going to sit back and say, nah, we're good, the more traditionalist way of looking at things is say, no, we're status quo for us. Those are the folks who are going to be left behind. And so what what may not look all that great right this second might look better if it's put together the right way. I, I don't know. That's so I, I actually I don't entirely disagree with you other than I'm not sure it's the it is the forward thinkers to a certain extent, but it's also the haves. It's the <laughs> revenue generators that yeah. are that are coming out ahead. And what Oklahoma, Texas decided to do is cut dead weight. Uh, I think what they, I don't think they're cutting dead weight. I think they're they're just looking for the biggest pile of cash. No, no, no. They're cutting dead weight. And and <laughs> no offense to to Bowler's beloved Kansas State because you know go Wildcats. On, but yeah, <laughs> but what they're doing is Gordon. They're they're uh, part of the uh, Bowlesby testifying, or I guess testifying is that the right word? Uh, speaking before the Texas State Legislature. Good enough. Yeah. He said that they made twenty eight million bucks per school. Uh, of television revenue last year. You want to guess how much of that was a direct result of Texas and Oklahoma? How much? 50%. Hmm. 50%. The rest of those teams <laughs> are worth half of what they were worth last year. So they were cutting dead weight is what Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> did. They said, we're going to add our value to you, the SEC, which will bring us greater value in return because we'll get more of a cut of our own value. We won't be propping up the Kansas States of the world. Yeah, okay. But, and, and okay, so here's an interesting question. What makes Mississippi State so valuable? See, nothing. I, I wonder if the SEC ever gets to the point where they start cutting teams. Because Mississippi State's not bringing anything. Either is Ole Miss. I mean, go down the line. Probably either is Arkansas. Either is Vandy. You think South Carolina is generating that much revenue? Heck no. Kentucky's a basketball school. You've got to have someone to beat, though. So, I, I don't know. You know, right now those teams are in the fortunate position of having been in the league yeah. uh, beforehand. Yeah. You know? And so there, it doesn't mean there are any more revenue-producing schools. It just means that for now the SEC isn't cutting anybody. You know, the the more I think of college sports, Jake, and I know you bristle against the 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 pro comparison or that it already is a professional enterprise, but when you see the money that's thrown around, when you see the TV dollars we're talking about, when you see what's generated, when you see Nick Saban getting a what an eight eighty five million dollar contract uh, extension, I mean, Jake, it's professional. It already is. Well, Nick Saban's a professional coach. Yeah, that's true. 
and he's worth every penny of that because he generates that revenue and more for as the university. As much as I wish I could disagree with you on that last part, I can't. Yeah, I mean, can't. he's he's worth it to the to the school as a whole, to the greater good of the school. Same as Kyle Whittingham's worth it to for the greater good of the U- University of Utah. You may not like the price tag, but it's true. It's just a lot of money. A lot okay. of money. Around, well, get over your sticker around. shock. It's it's life. You know what? And, and if anybody should be harping on uh, universities generating uh, generating revenue, why don't you pay attention to the student loan pro- problem in this country yeah. for ten minutes? I know. Why don't I, you turn your focus to that? Because that would be a lot more helpful I've to the greater that. good than complaining about how much money Nick Saban is making. How about you turn to how much money the tenured sociology professor is making? Because that's a problem too. How much does he make? Uh, more than he's worth, likely, <laughs> or she, for that matter. I'm glad you can make that judgment. Yeah, I'd <laughs> like to. I'd like to have a TA teach all my classes and take a nap in my office too, <laughs> and make hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for the trouble. Why is it that some of those professors who make the most are the worst of the teachers? Tenure is it because they of the research they've done? It's in the because past? they've been there long enough. Is it because the research they, they've you can't had their fire students them. do for them. <laughs> You can't get rid of them no matter what. So you don't believe that Clemson and Florida State are really interested in joining the SEC? I don't think so. You think that was just a bogus report? Well, it came from some, and no offense to radio bozos out there, but it came from some radio bozo in South Carolina. It wasn't confirmed or followed up on by anybody, so that I think should tell you something. But I well, honestly denied it. I honestly yeah. think it's an ESPN thing. Coming back to our our bowler uh, conversation, Gordon. ESPN, why they don't, they're not looking to diminish the ACC. They have 100% of the rights to the ACC, too. Yeah, I guess. So they, you know, they're, and they're locked into a deal with the ACC through like 2035 or something. So Clemson and Florida State changing conferences doesn't do anything for ESPN. And they're the ones writing the bigger check for the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma because you see, Gordon, where they had a few. Texas and Oklahoma games as part of their previous package. Now they have them all. And that's good for them. And that's good for them. But if they move, if they musical chairs Clemson and Florida State, that does nothing for ESPN. Thus, why would they pay more to the SEC? They don't care. They've already got them under their umbrella. So what does this mean for the future of college football? Everything we've talked about here. It means get on the good side of the mouse, man. (laughs) It no. means the mouse what, is running the show. What is college football going to look like five, ten years from now? Honestly, I think if the Pac-12 were smart, they would work out some sort of arrangement with the Big Ten. I don't, I don't know what exactly that would look like, or who, like what structure it would fall under. I don't know if you you would have to merge both conferences, or maybe a scheduling agreement, or something. But I what? would, I would. I would look at the next biggest conference that's the Big Ten, and I would say I want to I want to be on your side. What if uh, What if the Big Ten was interested in USC, Oregon, and Arizona State? See, here's where George Klyavkov has to be smart. And and Gordon, I don't know if you you went back and listened to our conversation that PK and I had with him at Pac-12 Media Day, but PK asked him. He said, uh, "Are your current members happy?" You know, ascent. I can't remember if that's exactly how he put it, but. You know, how's everything from a morale standpoint? And Klyavkov's answer was, everybody's very happy. He said he's talked to everybody, and everybody's tickled pink to be where they're at. So Including SC? If, uh, it, that's what he implied. 
Well, I don't because because that would be say. what's he supposed to say? Yeah, my conference is about to fall apart. Which is what I always say to you, and then you always respond with, "What are you calling George a liar?" <laughs> Uh, no, but that's the fear of the Pac-12, right, is that USC, as one of those revenue generators, they are a maker, not a taker, decide that they want to cut the dead weight, too. And where do they go? And Well, the, they... big, the Big Ten is pretty valuable. I mean, the Big Ten it's the is next, the next healthiest it conference. Is. But so, I don't think they I don't think they'd come after Arizona State. I don't think they'd come after Arizona. I think they'd come after USC and Oregon. And if they needed to go from there, they'd go Washington and UCLA. But I, I don't – they're not taking any – they're not – that's what the SEC did. The SEC didn't take Oklahoma State. They didn't take as, as a favorite Oklahoma because Oklahoma's got a huge backlash at home. You know, they've got their legislature yeah, but, who's grumpy and all this oh, stuff, but they didn't take you're, Oklahoma are, State. Are you, you don't think those, those talks were going on? You don't think the SEC had a hand in this? No, I think the SEC left Oklahoma State out on purpose. They're not oh, adding. I'm talking about Oklahoma. And I know Texas. they're at, but that's my point. Is that ESPN didn't? You know, Oklahoma. I'm sure said, "Hey, what about OK State? Come on, we've, oh, we've got a okay. we've got a, a state legislature where the two public universities in the state. I mean, you're you're you'd really make our life a lot easier if you brought Oklahoma State too. And I'm sure the SEC and ESPN said no. Yeah. That doesn't add anything to the bottom line. We want to bring you because you're valuable. They are not. I got you. So that's what I'm – that's more what I'm getting So you think SC and Oregon just might – or maybe Washington might throw everybody else Might just say, screw it. Yeah, we're out of here. We'll go get a bigger payday from the Big Ten, and the rest of you dead weight can can, uh, fend for yourself. Well, Phoenix is a pretty big market, so – It's not uh, about market size anymore. That's that's where the story has changed. Although it can be in – in a loose way. It's about juice. If it generates money. It's now about juice. It's it's how many eyeballs are watching. What about uh, the Bay Area? Nobody cares about Stanford or Cal in the Bay yeah, Area. They don't really draw, do they? No. So it is, in a sense, you're right about, like, if if people in Phoenix were really passionate about Arizona State football, that might matter, but they're not. And no longer, it, it, the best example of this is Rutgers in the Big Ten, right? right. What a, what a yeah. mistake that was yeah. because, oh, yeah, you added New York. You added New York, but nobody cares. Nobody is watching Rutgers sports in New York. So no longer is it suitable just to add TV sets because subscription models are changing, and that doesn't matter as much anymore. You have to have juice, which is actually good for a program like BYU is trying to figure out you know, where their spot in the landscape is because they've got some juice. But nobody, I mean, Gordon, Utah's playing at Stanford this year. How many people are going to go to that game? Yeah, I don't know. Not, you know Dozens? That, that, and it's such a big stadium. You've gone to Cal? They're not filling that stadium? Yeah. They're not right. even coming close. Yeah, true. It's true. So, I can't argue with that. But if I were the Big Ten, which has 14 teams in it, right? You always complain about that, yeah. I mean, it's simple math, right? But I would go after I would go after USC, Oregon, Washington, and who's the fourth? Well, if I had to go four, I'd probably go to UCLA next. That would be eighteen teams. I don't think the number of teams matters anymore. Hmm. Well, that that would probably be the strongest move. Yeah, but does USC want to do that? You know, and that's the, that's the fear. 
That's why you better hope, if you're a Pac-12 fan, that George Klyavkov has a finger on the pulse as to the happiness of these schools. Because well, I, I don't know how USC can be happy. I mean, they haven't been good on the field, but as far as the overall truck of the program, SC is huge. And so I'm looking at that. If I'm the president of USC and I'm thinking, why is my program getting half of what the guys back in the SEC are getting or half of what the guys in the Big Ten are getting? Yeah, but maybe you like telling people what to do. You know, Texas is going to have to swallow a lot of that pride that they're so famous for because they're no longer the big dog. So there's some value there, well, too. they still are a big dog. That program is still one of the most valuable in all of college sports. Yeah, but no longer are... You see the, what the endowment is for the yeah, University but of no, Texas? Yeah, but no longer is the rest of the league just grateful that they're there. No longer is it, uh, well, they outlawed the horns down sign in the Big 12 because it hurt Texas's feelings. That's non-existent in the SEC now. They don't have that clout anymore. And USC certainly has that clout with the Pac-12. I don't think they'd have it with the Big 10. If also for no other reason that all of a sudden you're the new guy. Well, do you think USC goes to the Pac-12 and says, all right, we'll stick around, but we want a bigger piece of the pie? Ah, but that goes against some of the fundamental beliefs of the Pac-12 as a conference now, doesn't it? I don't because know. Because they've it? been fr- pretty firm about that even distribution yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, they have. They have, but that was then. This is now. Yeah, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, that type of mentality in the Pac-12, right? The, if you're a USC. The, the spread it around, the we're not selfish, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know yeah, what right, I'm getting right, at? right, right. Okay, so if you're USC, do you look at the powers that be within the conference and say, why is Utah or Colorado getting the same cut we are? Well, I certainly Even would. worse for them, why is UCLA getting the same cut we are? Yeah, I would, but that, that goes against, you know, a lot of Professor Ponytail's philosophies. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was all about money. I mean, mm, there's some conflicting things. Now who, we're now we're talking it? now we're talking about school presidents who do love money, <laughs> but also have you know some fundamental things that they're also other things that they're supposed to be all about. Is it a little bit like uh, when you buy a house in a neighborhood? If you buy the most valuable house in the neighborhood, then your your overall property value is is downgraded because you've got the biggest one in the neighborhood. Yeah. And so if you have the biggest house in the neighborhood, don't you want your house to be in a neighborhood with a bunch of other big houses? And if you so if your house, per se, is USC, what would Utah be next door? <laughs> well, I, I have, what a, would, what I have would, a high opinion what would, of Utah. What would, or, Utah. What would Oregon State be? Uh, it, would, uh, it would be uh, on the edges. <laughs> Like a Winnebago with a with a rusted out car out front. No, driving down the property no, value. Not that bad. Come on. What would Washington State would be, be? Would it be a Winnebago up on cinder blocks in your front yard? What would What would Washington State be? Uh, it'd at least be you know I'd say probably an Airstream. <laughs> <laughs> The disparity isn't that great, is it? That's what I'm asking you. It was your analogy. I don't know. I, I just think it's a smaller house. 
All right, stay tuned. More next. RV. We've got a market update. Got parked out back. Market update coming up right around the corner. Uh, our friend Mo DeKill is going to join us at four. Uh, stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available, Big O Tires, the team you trust. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Our friend Mo DeKill is going to join us, talk a little NBA hoops coming up right around the corner. But first, Gordon, uh, how did the uh, how the uh, markets do today? Good day for the markets. The Dow was up uh, 278 points today. All right. So that was a good thing. The NASDAQ was up 80, just over 80 points, and the S&P just shy of 36 points. Okay. So, All right. Yeah, good stuff. So you, you made back some of that dough you spent on vacation. Uh, did I? Did you? Portion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did, you, did you call the finance guy to, to warn him about the, the vacation damage? Uh, no. But it's a happy day on the market. Okay. Today, all so. right. So good. Yeah. I I really don't really keep track of all that stuff. No? no. No. But hopefully it's good for me, and what's good for me is good for you. So the you're hoping the Motel Six didn't cost you too much on that vacay, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know. The, the, I know what the price. The of the, that. the Comfort Inn had a special. <laughs> no. No, no, you got five bucks I can borrow, Jake. No, I don't. No, not at all. No, uh-uh. the Econo Lodge was a little <laughs> steep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, very steep. Who but was who was uh, Tom Bodet? Was that Motel Six? I, is he still doing his thing? The one to leave the light on? Yeah, is Tom still with us? Tom Bodet. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm Tom Bodet of Motel Six, and we'll leave the light on for you. I'm looking up Tom Bodet as we speak. That guy's a legend. Let's see what it says here. Tom Bodet. Um, no, this must be. Is he? It says uh, American author, voice actor, and radio personality. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Uh, he's, he's still still with us. He is. Yeah. All right. Tom Bodet. I'll be daggone. We'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. All right. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, we're going to talk to Mo DeKeel coming up next. He's the founder of thejumpball.net. Uh, he also writes for Bleacher Report. He does podcasts for The Athletic. He's a former video coordinator. He is a great guest. Yes, He's he one is. of our favorites. So he we're is. looking forward to talking to him. Coming up next, stay tuned. Big show live from the team store getting ready for Summer League here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.